Benzinga's Cannabis Capital Conference returns to Miami Beach on April 11th and 12th. I may be biased, but I'm telling you this event is a can't miss. Join us to build the foundation of your next game-changing deal with CEOs and decision makers from leading companies in the industry. We're talking about the next wave of businesses, strategies from the most profitable businesses, and exactly what investors are looking for in a challenging market. Go to bzcannabis.com to meet your next investor, co-founder, and new friends. A little pro tip from me, right now tickets are $1,000 cheaper than prices at the door. Get yours now. Welcome in again. Thank you all for tuning in. Javier Hase, Argentinian action figure, and his friend. <laughs> what is going on? That is nasty. Uh, I forgotten my, my AirPods, and I was like, dude, uh, I'd be crazy. Yeah, if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify later on, Javier just had a guest, and we love her. She's amazing. Um, but that being said, Javi, what's up, man? Doing great, doing great. Um, excited. I'm heading out to Barcelona tomorrow for Spanibus. If you will be in Barça for the next week, I'll be there all week. Just hit me up, Javier Hase, on social media or Javier Hase at Benzinga.com. I would be happy to meet up and find out what you're doing. Uh, create some content around it, of course. You know, it, it's it's a new market for Wait, us. Uh, Javi, can I ask you a question? Cool. Why sure. do you go to events? Like what, what do you personally get out of industry events? I rarely enjoy events. I got to be very honest. <laughs> okay, Javi, that's not the answer I needed you to give. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But, but there are specific events that I find very useful, right? Like and for, for me, I, I go a little bit for the content, mostly for the networking and the people, right? Um, I used to go to a bunch of events. Now there are so many that you need to to pick and choose very wisely, right? So so actually this year I'm going to Spanibus, which is at the same time as South, as South by Southwest, which also has a very in, important uh, cannabis track. I've been a speaker on that track and a judge for, for three years, you know, for their pitch contest. Uh, and it was a tough decision, like, but but I needed to check out a different market and Spanibus is the largest um, cannabis You did get to where I was going. You did get to where I was going. And, and industry events, y'all, if you don't go, you should. Uh, we obviously have a major one coming up, Miami, April 11th and 12th for cannabis, April 13th for psychedelics. But you go to events for the people. You can go for education. Yeah. You can go for brand visibility. You can go to speak, but you go for the people, right? And yeah. you like I just saw a post on um, uh, Twitter the other day, a really, really, really cool post. Who She said she invested over $25 thousand dollars going to conferences in her first year of owning a business mm -hmm. and she didn't stop traveling and she didn't stop sacrificing until she had a full client book uh that really right. rung with me and i just wanted to point that out man you know you said you're heading to icbc so just wanted to take the advantage and uh of that comment and say go to these events y'all go to our event go to mj unpacked go to mj biz Go to these events and meet cool people and meet awesome reporters like Javi, awesome industry leaders like the like the amazing personality we have on our show coming up, Wendy Berger, mm -hmm. uh, who participates with one of the largest operators in the industry, as well as others uh, growing their business. We'll find out more later. But I'm getting off my soapbox. But that's no, no, I, I, to I totally get it, and 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 I agree, right? And but you have to pick and choose wisely, right? There are a few events where 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 True. all the people really come together. And for those, that, that is where I find the value, right? Uh, having individual calls with everyone and, and staying, you know, keeping relationships alive and nurtured 
takes a lot of time. And and usually, you know, you know, when you're going uh, through your day, doing emails, writing, whatever it is you do, right? It's hard to carve out time for everyone. Yeah. Uh, but, but when you go to an event, it's like suddenly it's like, okay, there is there's these two days where your regular work is kind of put on pause to a certain extent. You're still answering emails, but I have an autoresponder, right? And people understand that I will take a little bit longer. I will not necessarily write uh, articles on that day, right? But I know that I can get all like so many things done in one day, right? Like everyone is there and it's just like, okay, spend 50 minutes with this person, 20 minutes with this person, a half hour with this person, have a short conversation with this other person, go for dinner or drinks with another person. And, right? and even Javier is the most in-demand well, person right? at events. You are the <laughs> most in-demand person I've ever seen at an event. I mean, people come to Benzinga <laughs> Cannabis Capital Conference literally for Javier. I'm like, it doesn't yeah, matter. Like yeah. nothing else matters. And there's a great song. Nothing else matters. Um, that's said, that, <laughs> that Javier, we are here to shed some light on what's happening in the industry, my friend. So let's get a few news items before we get to our interview. But that said, I'm a little blind to today. I didn't get a chance to do Cannabis Daily this morning. We had a board meeting. Uh, but that being said, what matters right now is there are a lot of stocks in the news today. <laughs> and I don't know where to start. So give us a little insight there, my friend. I mean, to me, you know, one of the, the top news items that caught my eye uh, this week was um, Cowan. So, you know, this is an, mm. an analyst uh, firm, right? And 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 it's a Wall Street analyst-led research firm, by the way, uh, that was covering about like thirty, I think, cannabis stocks, and they discontinued can uh, coverage of the cannabis sector following the its acquisition by TD Bank Group, so TD Ameritrade. Uh, we did chat with uh, with TD Bank specifically, uh, asking why they were not um, covering the, the the sector, and and you know it, it it seems like they might be going back to that in the in the future, but for now they are they are uh, withdrawing their coverage relating to U.S. multi-state operators, especially. Do they need to make their own choice as an institution as opposed to uh, a legacy? inorganic choice from uh, Cowan? I would think so. I would think so. I really, I, you know, we still have to find out what is TD's actual position when it comes to cannabis, right? Uh, we don't know if they're they're for or against it, right? Um, but uh, so I'm, I'm going to read you some of the comments, right? It, I think, you know, it, it doesn't make sense for me to tell you. Uh, so, uh, you know, this this person uh, said, uh, Cowan has been a leader for in-depth, actionable research across equity markets, including emerging growth sectors like cannabis. Following this acquisition, we're not covering these uh, U.S. multi-state operators, but we would reevaluate it if the SAFE Act is passed or if federal regulatory postures change. Mm. Uh, the team will continue to provide macro trends based on consumer data and insights and will continue to provide U.S. policy and regulatory insight for the cannabis sector through uh, Cowan's Washington Research Group, just so you know. Well, good on them, I guess. I say that sarcastically. Um, that said, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, there's nothing we can do about it. We're just kind of viewers on the <laughs> sideline. But I do think this is a little bit of a, I, I don't know. I, I don't really fully understand this move. There are a lot of amazing businesses in this industry uh, that deserve coverage, especially in this in this uh, U.S. side of the market. Um, yeah. That said, I, I mean, there's I, still I plenty of things covering. Like, you know, yeah. It has to do with, with volatility in this in the sector, with low trading volume. There's right? no They're volatility in cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Whatever you say. Yeah, then all individual investors <laughs> just turned off the show. Uh, <laughs> all right, keep us moving, exclusive. man. Yeah, I, I Vivian Azer is an amazing person. Exclusive. Like Vivian Azer, amazing what? insights, amazing, oh. you know, thought leader. But, you know, ideally we can still get her insights, you know, here and there. Uh, but that being said, we will. You, what? No, we will. Oh, we will. Okay, I'm sure. Cool. Uh, sorry. Um, all right. Well, we still get Pablo. We still get Jeffries. We still get some other really cool analysts talking about it. Pablo's still very active, man. He's he's all over this space. That's where I get a note from him every day. Uh, but that said, Javier, keep us rolling, man. We got some earnings. Um, Jazz Pharmaceuticals came out. Anything to note for them? Anything for GW in there? Uh, I mean, no, just like a small surge in Jazz in general. Uh, uh, you know, GW seems to be performing steadily. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary, but you can go to benzinga.com slash cannabis to check out uh, the takeaways from these earnings uh, or from the earnings report. Also, two recommended reads, both by Nico Rodriguez in our team. One is an interview with Glasshouse's Kyle Kassan, um, who says elected officials need to do what they promised they were going to do. Uh, at a certain point, he even says, you know, if you're getting people in prison for, for this, come get me in prison see how that works out. Um, and then, then a very, very interesting uh, feature on Grower IQ uh, about software and, and how to avoid costly mistakes and save time and money using a good ERP. All I'm going to say is some executives shouldn't have access to social media. Um, but that's all I'll say there. That being said, I don't necessarily disagree with, I don't disagree with him at all, Kyle Kazan. Uh, we have to keep fighting. Speaking of, we may have a prominent person he works with on the criminal justice side and the lobbying side join us in Miami. Uh, ideally, we can announce that soon, but some great speakers there. With that being said, man, shall we jump to a person that's way cooler than us? Sure. One I'm so excited. One shout out. One Just shout out. Always one shout out. TRP. I, I know you like TRP. I, I, I do know like they, TRP. They, they spun off cookies. And they announced through Benzinga, this was a Benzinga exclusive, that they had partnered with the very, very, very influential influencer, by the way, and content creator, Koala Pops. Uh, she's one of my favorite, migrated from from the, from Ukraine to, to the U.S., uh, has been generating content for several years, has a million followers, and they dropped a very, very cool cannabis line. Very, very uh, well-recommended. Um, I, I would say go check it out. If, and if you don't know TRP... Yeah, I was just saying, if you don't know TRP, they they are, you know, flower behind cookies. I mean, they spun off from cookies, of course. They've worked with Dr. Green Thumbs, with Be Real, of course. They work with Koala Puffs. I mean, kind of under the radar, but brand building product. Uh, it's really, really interesting. Uh, and I think they, there might be some more news out of them soon. Uh, so I just yeah. keep an eye on them. Kind and, of an up-and-coming company there. One more I remembered, Eric Abadou. Uh, launched a new cannabis line with uh, cookies, with Burner's cookies. So oh, cool. shout out and best of love, you know, to Erica. And, and you know what? I bet Wendy can chat on this here in a second. So we'll just make this the lead in uh, to, to having yes. her on. But we have a really cool couple of crowdfunding bits of news. First is Supernet, uh, who Michael Sang, if you don't know him, he's really creating a really cool ACH payments platform over there. Uh, I love Supernet. If you guys don't know, uh, that it, it might be worth taking a look at. Um, oh, and Javi said peace. Uh, <laughs> but we also have Happy, a beverage company uh, in both marijuana and hemp. 
Uh, but happy is really cool. Uh, yeah. We're just talking about crowdfunding. So Supernet and then happy. We'll have Wendy chat more about happy if she wants to, but that being said, Aaron Thomas, let's bring over our guest, Wendy Berger. So excited for this. There she is. Thank you so much for joining Wendy. How are you? I am fantastic and so happy to be with you both, Javier and Ellie. Thanks so much for having me on today. And I have already taken a few notes that I have to follow up on. I don't know TRP, and I am a crazy Erica Bendu fan. <laughs> Look at that. Nine times. Wait, say that one more time. Sorry. I've seen Erica Badu in concert eight or nine times, so I'm a huge fan. <laughs> we should have led it with her music. Come on. What were we thinking? That's awesome. But you also know Happy, right? You're also affiliated with Lisa over there? I am a very happy, happy investment. Uh, Lisa Hurwitz is among the crazy, smart, amazing, interesting group of women leading in this industry. And I love this product. I love the effect and I love the taste. So uh, full confession, I'm an investor, so I'm totally biased. But I, I invested after I tasted the product. Yeah, I think it's worth us, us doing this because your insights are so important. Your sound is a little underwatery for me right now. So I just want to make sure that we fully hear you because you are the bee's knees. Um, <laughs> definitely want to make sure we understand everything. Uh, but just to reiterate, uh, Wendy is a investor in happy, but they are beverage, uh, and, and they're both focused in marijuana and hemp, which I find super interesting. But Wendy, can you hear us? Oh, you might be muted. Now. You might want to change your settings there, um, hmm. to make sure that it's on the headphones. We might need our producer to pop in. Aaron Thomas, the voice of God. Um. Okay, I'll hop in real quick. Wendy, do you see the three? Do you see the three dots in your small window? Oh, you got AirPods. That should work too. Love some oh. AirPods. Who doesn't okay. love AirPods? Come on. I bet you all have AirPods watching. <laughs> Javi's got them in. They made me. I was not a fan. I'm I'm sold on them now, to be honest. I am amazingly tech challenged for somebody who's pretty tech sophisticated. I have a brand new laptop, and on every (laughs) platform, the sound is different. So I really apologize, but I'm totally excited to be here and be happy. So now, now everything is no worries. You sound wonderful now, y'all. Thank you for. Yeah, for staying in. Super happy to have you. So let's just dive in. Wendy, tell us a little bit about you and how and why you're in cannabis. Oh, my God. It's, I came to this business in like three different ways, but I've been in the industry for about eight years. And my journey into the industry took about 15 years. I really it started with my very first experience going into a dispensary about 17 years ago in the Palm Springs, California area. Really, I I can remember the moment so clearly because I drove up to this country. I was able to get a recommend, you know, what was called then a recommendation because I own a home in California, so I had a California ID, and you can walk down the street in Venice 
And so your knee hurts and you could get a recommendation. So I've always been a casual consumer. I like my martinis, I like my wine, and I like my marijuana. Um, and I went into a dispensary, and I wasn't sure what was worse. Walking in with cash, walking out with product, or the five awful minutes I spent inside the dispensary with what I used to refer to as a high-functioning stoner. In hindsight, mm-hmm. the person was a low-functioning stoner. And I remember standing there going, this doesn't have to be awful. Why do I feel awful? Why am I scared for my own personal safety? This should be an experience somewhere between Walgreens and Lululemon. I, it should, and the fact is that the, the bike tenders really do have the knowledge. What they didn't have was the training. I had no, they either had no retail training or no training mm-hmm. on how to actually listen to what the patients were asking for. And so I began, I, I am a serial entrepreneur, and I very clearly walked out of there and said, I am going to find a way to get into this business. And I spent seven years in California trying to find investments and people that I could invest in because I really invest in people. And I couldn't find anybody I could get comfortable with. It was like the Wild West. Wow. It in some way. And I'm from Illinois. And when it became clear that medical marijuana was going to become legal in Illinois, I started talking to everyone I could about it. And it started quickly sort of bubbling up this group of people who were forming entities to apply for licenses. And that was five different groups. And after a period of six months of meeting with 35, and in the meantime, I educated myself on the industry, Ben Kovler and what was to become Green Thumb Industries stood out for me head and shoulders. So I decided to truly believe in myself and believe in Ben. And I think outside of Ben Kovler, who's the largest individual investor in Green Thumb. And here we are eight years later. We just uh, released earnings a couple days ago. We hit over a billion dollars in revenue. So I kind of laughed. Insane. Our our little company is now a billion dollar company. And Ben's leadership has been truly extraordinary. We're we're following his vision. And and just the last piece of it, I also have long been a believer in a combination of Eastern and Western medicine. I suffer from a vestibular disorder. My neurologist and otolaryngologist had me try every medication um, generally in the family of medications used to treat people with seizure disorders. I was diagnosed with this 23 years ago, and if I never told you, you would never, ever know. Um, And the medications that people take for seizure disorders are the types of medications where the side effects are sometimes much worse than what they're treating. So long-term mm-hmm. side effects and short-term fogginess. And I'm a crazy high-functioning person. I get up at five every day. I've done 41 triathlons. I, I, I am a super wow. active, high-energy person. So this notion of like living my life in a fog wasn't going to work for me. And marijuana was the answer. So I think of it from both an entrepreneurial perspective and medical perspective and i believe in plant-based medicine this is plant-based medicine the plant you know, is your history 
it's it's interesting that you bring up how off-putting that that first experience was. Um, when I was it was 2017, and I was researching for for a book I was writing on on cannabis business, right? And and the first like the the intro to the book uh, is about this guy called Hunter Gar, uh, who you who, who you know served in the U.S. military and did several tours and came back and was suffering. Long story short, you know he moves to Colorado, leaves everything behind to be able to medicate, and he finds out like he 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 goes to medical cannabis dispensaries and feels very uncomfortable finds the attitude like the attitude that that security guards had very off-putting and he he created a business from that right uh but but you know it took me many many years to really understand how can buying weed legally be off-putting right like i've i've had shady dealers right like i know what off-putting is and that experience to me was didn't seem like the the worst at thing you could you could possibly experience but then over the years a lot of people had told me this the same thing right can you illustrate a little bit of 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 you know what makes a, a cannabis retail experience really good nowadays right like you described what you didn't like back then but what makes a perfect uh, cannabis retail experience uh among the ones that exist right now and and what could be improved to create the perfect cannabis retail experience so I don't think there's a perfect right now, but it's a great question. It's something I think about personally all the time. It's certainly something that Green Thumb is always working together. But one of the really big challenges is if you're designing a retail store, you say, okay, who is my customer? And then you design for that customer. Who's the customer in cannabis? Everyone. And everyone over the age of 21 is your customer. Medical adult use recreational, how do you design a retail experience? You don't want it to look like Walgreens where you're going in looking for things. You want people to spend time. I think education is such an important component and even just getting people to walk in the door. So I still hear this all the time, primarily for women who have this preconceived notion that a a cannabis dispenser is going to look like an old-fashioned head shop. It's going to be dirty inside. It's going to be rows and rows and rows of pipes and bongs. And they're worried about who will see them. So I think the ex- you really have to start to think about the exterior of the storefront. How do you create a welcoming, warm environment while dealing with local regulations? Right? So some states say you cannot have clear windows. Some states you can't. So you've got this state by state where we still have the moats around it. And in every state, you're trying to design something that complies with with the regulations, but you want consistency across your brand, right? You want, I use Lululemon as the example, because I know every Lululemon in the country. I can walk in and go find exactly what I want, and I know how the store is organized. So it's a real challenge to, and add that you can't merchandise, right? People can't touch in most states the product, right? You can't even pick up the box in a lot. We are all mm-hmm. tactile and visual people. So I think you have to see locality by locality, pull out the best things. If I can touch an empty box, it, put the empty box out to touch. Bright lights, warm colors, everything that, that helps to decrease the, the stigma, right? We want people to feel like they can walk in whatever their knowledge is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, and again, we're talking to Wendy, uh, Wendy Berger here, board director of Green Thumb Industries, which is OTC GTBIF. Uh, just FYI, we don't have that on the screen. Uh, but that being said, Wendy, I, I want to follow up real quick on what you said about the consumer, which is everybody, right? But in this industry, I, I was just speaking to somebody other the other day from Alabama, and they're in, based in Alabama. They live in Alabama, but they work in cannabis. And, yeah, you know, there's a general disdain for how cannabis strains are named for the general branding of them. So where do you feel like we are? How are you all approaching this at GTI in terms of creating brands that are actually uh, relatable to everybody and not just something that's frozen Jesus or purple, purple devil, right? You know, like how do we get past that? How do we grow up a little bit and make sure this industry is representing who we want it to represent? I I do really think strain names. So let's segment flower buyers from all else. On on flower buyers and even new flower buyers, I do think the strain names are off-putting. Purple Haze, you know, at least with some of the Afghan-related strains, you have some sense that it may be from a place that you know. Um, I don't think, let's take a, I'm, the, I'm a 56-year-old woman. Let's take a 56-year-old woman who wants to replace her nightly wine with marijuana, and she remembers smoking it, and she wants something that works fast, and yet she knows the dosing. going to go for flower. Uh, you know, some of these flower names, they're not going to resonate. <laughs> they're really going to have to depend on the butt tender, the patient care specialist to guide you through. But I don't think it helps the industry to have these fun OG names. Now, there's a huge segment of the industry that loves those, and there's a small segment that knows the history of them. But when you have the geneticist naming the strains, it's a huge disconnect by the time you get to retail. We're growing up on all this stuff, and I think that evolves when it comes to brands of, let's take, say, a brand of flower, like GTI's Rhythm brand. Rhythm has a feeling and a brand message and a brand story that we believe is authentic and that we really believe resonates the same way our Bevo edibles and our Bevo vapes. And, you know, I like to think of our Incredibles as the snicker bar of weed, right? It's a great value. It's a brand you can in a lot of states, and it's a brand that resonates with people. So branding, marketing, packaging, continuing to evolve in this industry is super challenging, but that's where the opportunity lies. Oh, well, what an interesting way to segment to my next question here is what is the true value uh, of a company like GTI, right? Is it the brands? I mean, when alcohol dives into this industry, when tobacco dives in, when pharma, if pharma dives in, right? When when these other industries, uh, you know, start to accept cannabis products in their retail stores, you know, what what are they going to value? And to me, it's the brands, but I'm curious what, you know, somebody like you who sits in these conversations, who sits in these uh, who who has the data, who understands the consumer wants and probably has conversations with these leaders outside of cannabis. What is going to be important for companies to focus on brand-wise uh, or, or asset-wise as we move into the next year or two? 
great question. I think fundamentally what, let's say someone looking at this industry from outside of it, it needs to look at the team, right? The team comes first because it is that team that's innovating. You want a team that isn't stuck in one mode. So, so first the team, but I think every brand has to have its authentic story. And it is very hard to have a brand that you expect to resonate with everyone. Right? So starting to segment it with dog walkers. You know, let's use an example of our brand, Dog Walkers. It's got a clear story. Every dog mm-hmm. that's purchased has a donation made to an ASPCA. An animal related charity. So, right, there's that giving and good component. And it, it, people resonate with that. I think continuing to segment brands, knowing who your target is. And again, sometimes you have to make the hard calls of picking your target, right? Women wants to be the flower for everybody. But as, the mar- as there's more noise and more choices, it's very hard to be one product for everyone. And so I think if we use the liquor industry as a parallel and we start to think about some of the designer celebrity affiliated tequilas, um, I'm, you know, I'm an investor in a brand of bourbon called Kevin's Door. Called Kevin's Door because Bob Dylan is our partner and Bob Dylan formulated it and Bob Dylan designed the bottle. As a Kentuckian, I would like to uh, sample this. For- I'm going to send you a bottle. <laughs> I, I have gonna... not had Heaven's Door, but... Oh, well. it's, it's fantastic, but, but stick in the can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another podcast. Um, I, I think that brands with authentic stories that resonate backed up by products that do what they say, right? If you're going to have a nano in your product or it's nano-based, I expect it to work within 12 minutes. And my tolerance for it not working in 12 minutes, um, mm-hmm. you're creating, I'll give you an example of some of my, last night, I'll give you a real life example. Last night I had a Garden Society Blissful Rest Chocolate. I did a 10 milligram in half, so I'm about a two and a half to five milligram doser. Because of the way cannabinoids bind to fat, it did what it said it was going to do. Within 12 minutes, I could feel the effect. One of the problems we have is dosing. And so it's still, because we don't have standards, people have to go down this rabbit hole of experimentation. People have a very limited tolerance. The, the analogy or story I always tell is, you know, you know, one of my friends was getting on an airplane and he said, I want to take an edible before I get on the airplane so I can sleep on my airplane. He said, great. Here are my instructions. And this was seven or eight years ago, so the product wasn't as well felt. Here are my instructions to you. Listen to me. Please take this piece and wait 45 minutes to an hour. Of course, he waited 20, 25 minutes, took another piece, didn't feel anything, took another piece, I get a text in the airplane, I can't feel my legs. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, no. This is, you know, this is not... Good. And so we have a problem. If you were buying a bag of chips anywhere in the world, the standard serving size for a bag of chips is 28 grams. We don't have anything like that, right? I know that 28 grams of chips are going to be anywhere from 100 to 230 calories. 
Mm-hmm. We need to try to move towards that because that doesn't help our stigma. When someone has a bad mm-hmm. experience from dosing or they haven't taken the time, it's like alcohol. Did, did you guys get it right the first few times you drank? No. 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 <laughs> the, first, the first time I got sick on gin was the last time I ever drank gin. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> Rum's not a part of my daily or weekly or monthly anything. <laughs> liquors make some people angry. Don't drink brown liquors. But the tolerance that people have for that kind of experimentation is very low. They don't have time. They want relief. And, and think about what happened during the pandemic. No one could sleep and everyone was suffering from anxiety. And they're looking for quick fixes because everyone was suffering from I think it's really important to try to get to some kind of standardization. It's very difficult. There's no easy answer. But we've got to all be thinking hard about it. And that'll help us attract outsiders into the industry. Like this industry needs outside capital. And we have to reduce the barriers to bring in that capital. You were talking a lot about you know, targeting consumers about value. And, and you, both you and Elliot mentioned the word value many, many times. And I'm thinking, right, where do value brands fit into all of this, right? Like for, say, a consumer like you who's sophisticated, do, do, does a value brand appeal to you as well? Or do you only want high-end cannabis? Is, is a value brand uh, created for younger skewing demographics? I mean, what, what, what are your, your insights into, into this specific but I'll use me as an example, and then I'll tell you what I think. Like, sometimes when I go to a candy store, I want a Snicker bar, and sometimes I want, like, a fancy chocolate. Because there is something that, that evokes me the nostalgia of a Snicker bar. And frankly, they're just yeah. good versus a super high-end chocolate. I, I don't always want to spend $12 on a chocolate bar. Sometimes I want to spend a dollar on a chocolate bar. Um, but I do think different messages and values, people relate to them. Um, let's take somebody who's, you know, working. I'm going to use kind of a blue collar analogy. And every Friday they get paid and every Friday they used to go to the liquor store and buy one six pack. They're going to drink, drink a six pack every week for the next month. They don't have the cash in their pocket. So they're buying a six pack even though the 24 case would be a better value for them. That is not the value in the moment. So you have to think about the value in the moment as well as the greater value. And then there are those of us who, you know, it's like designer shoes. Why do I spend money on designer shoes? Because it makes me feel good. Um, why do I like mm-hmm. Bebo? Bebo is like a purse accessory. When I pull out a Bebo vape and I put that rose gold vape on a table or on a desk, everybody wants to touch it and feel it. And and now it's become an accessory, a pocket accessory, a purse accessory. Some of the simple, mm-hmm. have you seen Drew Martin's packaging? It's spectacular, even the magnetic closure. Aaron Gore's Garden Society packaging. Oh, yeah. Just, oh. I love Garden Society. Yeah. I love Garden Society. How about Pure Beauty? Amalfa mm-hmm. has created the simplest, simplest brand that's beautiful. 
And, and that one resonates with men and women. You might think it's sort of female forward, but when you look at who's buying your product, it's everyone. Wendy, I, we're well over our time, but as you can tell, both Javi and I are obsessed with you. Um, so we really appreciate you joining. But one thing I do uh, want to emphasize is we are supporting women throughout the month of March. You know, we are only wanting to make sure that we bring the women leaders uh, to the forefront on our podcast throughout the month. So starting off with you has been a privilege. Uh, you're obviously one of the most influential people at one of the most influential companies in this industry. So it truly is a pleasure. We thank you for your time. This will not be the last. As much time as you can give us, we will obviously take. But thank you so much uh, for helping us kick this off. Elliot and Javier, thank you so much for having me. And most importantly, thank you for shining the spotlight on women in this industry and this industry. Of course. We'll talk to you thank soon, you. Wendy. Thank you again. Thanks. Oh my God. I mean, what a wealth of knowledge and fun, dude. Like I honestly, yeah. I, I wish the audio was better. We'll, we'll have to do another show just to repeat. Well, this, this is why you have people like Aaron <laughs> Thomas. No, no, this is why you have people no like worries, Aaron Thomas. Man. Cause y'all listen to this podcast later. I guarantee you, Aaron will fix the audio as best we can, but Wendy's amazing. <laughs> Wendy's what that, that is. That is a big promise. You're dropping. No, a, no, 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 no. I have all the faith in the world. Now. I have all the faith in the world in AT, but the insights Wendy dropped on us about brands, uh, about trust in your retail fronts. I, I mean, just about what what we can expect uh, fr from in the industry and what we want from brands over the next 12, 18 months. I mean, uh, it, it's truly insightful. So we thank her so much, yeah, look at, so much. Look at that comment in the chat. Uh, change agents saying already in the investor relations page of Green Thumb. Boom, change agent. Definitely. Look so at, they, yeah, I can see one that. thing. One Wendy's thing we need, yeah, Wendy, tell Ben, will you tell tell Ben for <laughs> me? Uh, <laughs> one thing that oh crap, I lost my train of thought just because I'm so excited about that. Uh, but change agent, let us know what you think if you buy a few shares. That being said, Javi, any any thoughts for you, man, on the interview before we wrap up here? I found it super interesting. I would I would discuss like more like these general topics forever, right? We 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 often just focus very much in financials and and hard data and, and 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 a lot of, of of cannabis retail is driven by feeling by sentiment but by by how your senses react to the experience to the brand to the product right and and, and i think wendy really understands that and identified it very early on uh, I was blown away when she said, like, the first time I went to a dispensary was 17 years ago. I didn't even know the word dispensary 17 years ago. <laughs> I, 17 years ago, I thought marijuana was literally for the devil. <laughs> like, I, I was a Baptist kid, preacher's kid in Kentucky. Uh, and here we are hosting a cannabis podcast. We can all change for the better, y'all. Look at that. <laughs> that said, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. BZCannabis.com for tickets to Miami. Hopefully you'll see Wendy there, but you will see amazing leaders uh, like many of the women she works with, like GTI, like all the tier one MSOs, like four to five federal politicians, and many more celebrities to be announced in the next few weeks. This show is going to kill it, y'all. The industry is struggling, but people are still working. People are still hungry. People are still fighting for success. Uh, and this is the place to be in April, without a doubt. With that being said, Javier, thank you as always for your time. We'll be back with Cannabis Daily tomorrow morning. Subscribe to our Cannabis Daily newsletter. That's all the plugs I can talk about right now. I'm, I'm plugged <laughs> out. <laughs> all right, Aaron, let's wrap up, my guy. Peace.